Friends and listeners, to another episode of Euripides, Eumenides, a theater history podcast, and we are telling another theater horror story today. <laughs> I have brought back our guest from episodes 17 and 18, The Trials of Oscar Wilde, Mr. Dustin Hebert, who is the instructor of drama at Kelly Walsh High School in Casper, Wyoming. He has been telling me he's got this really cool project coming up. Uh, uh, the name of the musical again, Dustin? The Mystery of Edmund Drood. Oh, God, I, I can never, I'm like, Dorian Gray. No, it's not. No, obviously. no, not in high school. No, no. <laughs> so, Edwin Drood, as you may know, listeners, it's Charles Dickens' last novel, but he died before he could finish it. So the Correct. musical then is, it, it's, they allow the audience to choose an ending. Is this right? That's correct. So it's actually an art form of what's called meta theater, or we would know it as <laughs> play within a play, right? Uh, the play within a play structure is this is the opening night, their one performance. And uh, since Charles Dickens died, which has been made very clear to the audience ahead of time, um, the audience is allowed the opportunity to choose three different endings. Sorry, not three different endings, but three different roles for a variety oh. of approximately 11 different characters. Now, <laughs> there is obviously the murderer of Edwin Drood, mm -hmm. which is, you know, that is that is your prime role. That's the one you want. Um, there is the detective, or what we call the datchery of Edwin Drood, the person that comes mm -hmm. back and okay. decides and, 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 uh, and, and sort of discovers who did it. And then the best part is, is that because this theater company really doesn't take themselves too seriously. They firmly believe that Charles Dickens, somewhere in this text, wrote a lover piece. And the lover <laughs> piece, the song, you can vote for anybody out there. Now, oftentimes what we find is, is that with the lover piece, there is some uh, material there that's strong with the innuendo. I don't so understand. strong and stiff <laughs> with innuendo. That, I, still, I still don't get it. But, well, I know. Anyway. Um, however, <laughs> however the, the great part is, is this is where we find our true audience's uh, desires because the audience does have the opportunity for the lovers to vote for a brother and a sister. And it is written into the text about yes. incestual, the incestual relationship there that the audience clearly votes on. So it's a big, big fan of that. Uh, and the kids don't know what's going to happen at the end. Of course, and each performance could be different. That's correct, and every that's in fantastic. fact every every performance is going to be roughly roughly different. Um, that's fantastic. It is. Oh and my the kids god! Don't know, and neither do we. Uh, in fact, we haven't really figured out exactly how to. You know, sometimes you're like, okay, we're going we're going red track or we're going yellow track to figure okay. out how to manage all these things. There's no tracking. It's chaos, and <laughs> we're going to do a lot of run throughs for this. But I got to tell you. 
this show is absolutely going to be phenomenal. We're going to do some really neat things at Kelly Walsh High School, and these kids have been preparing for it for quite a bit. Awesome. So I'm awesome. I'm 100% thrilled. And and when is this running? Uh, end of February, beginning of March. So the last weekend of February and the first weekend of March. Nice. If you need exact okay. dates, I mean, yeah. I mean, like it's uh, February 20, burr, 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 uh, February uh-huh. 25th, 26th, and March 3rd, 4th, and 5th. Those of you who might be in the Casper, Wyoming area around the end of February, beginning of March, get your tickets and you will see a show that nobody has ever seen before and will never see again. So probably not. Well, you know, in the spirit of this episode type, Dustin, uh, it sounds like things could go colossally wrong with that production. Uh, And I I wish you all the best. It will. (laughs) But this is why I have you on today for a theater horror story. In our pregame here, you told me you have a couple stories for us. I do. Yes. Okay. Lay it on me. Well, um, the first show happened when I was a sophomore in high school. We were doing Anything Goes. for So for listeners, if you are looking okay. for something that is no longer able to be done because of its uh, inappropriate <laughs> content, that didn't <laughs> plan, go ahead and look up Anything Goes. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. That was back when we could just put some uh, uh, relatively vague Asian makeup on a white child and call it good to go. That does not yep. happen at Kelly Walsh High School. So the opening starts and we, we start going and, and we can't find one of our cast members. And I, oh. I played the gangster and the cast member was a preacher that my character had to interact with immediately in the almost the first opening line set was my interaction with the character so turns out as the show starts we had roughly about five minutes we discovered that this character had decided to take someone's car and drive to taco bell (laughs) in the process of getting food they had hit two other cars and a person and was was outside of the school getting arrested at the time period (laughs) right so getting arrested but he needed that burrito he really did boy i'll tell you and taco bell was all the rage in 1996 so um so what we did was we brought a member from the audience up on stage to ad lib this had been my first acting experience i had never been on stage before this they put me in there because i was a guy and i guess i could sing so (laughs) yeah yeah and it was the most painful five minutes i believe i after watching the clip um he just started talking and i slowly backed away off stage (laughs) (laughs) a la homer simpson into the bushes yeah yeah just (laughs) slowly moving backwards so they had to um a couple of people had to come out and like guide him off stage i was pushed back on stage you know you gotta uh, goes back to the images of like getting shoved on stage and then getting the big hook and putting <laughs> somebody off that's exactly what happened so nothing was done correctly there was no oh. there was no formulation of thought uh it was complete mad lib and i i think i blacked out and i may have started to cry at that moment in time and <laughs> i was a sophomore and i was like 14, 15. Oh, yeah, yeah. So perfect. There was there was oh no God. there was no grasping of anything. So, anyways, oh. the guy ended up having to spend it. He was in jail yeah. for reasons. So uh-huh. <laughs> driving away after you hit a person and a car is apparently illegal. Yeah. 
But at least he didn't have to go on stage. <laughs> at least he didn't have to go on stage. So that's, <laughs> oh my that's my God. first horror story oh. of where I almost peed myself. Uh, the second and, one's and wait, 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 hold on, hold on. Yeah. You said that was your very first acting experience? Yes. Yes. So sophomore year, that, sophomore year, second semester. That has the potential to teach somebody who's maybe considering doing acting. Like this is the thing that happens all the time. Yes. Somebody goes away and gets arrested, and we have to ad lib with a member of the audience. With a member of the audience. That was the crazy part. The odd thing was is that the stipulation for finding the member of the audience was the guy that could fit in the costume. <laughs> Because if you don't know your lines, it's really important to make sure he fits into a preacher costume. Right, right, right. Because so that's, not, was, that's not a robe that goes over no, a body. It's, okay, it's not yeah. a. It's not any sort of subtlety. Uh, so that was my absolute wow. first introduction. By the way, that was opening night. <laughs> oh was, my god! It was horrible. It was horrible. Uh -huh. When kids uh -huh. talk about trauma, that was it. That was wow. that was your that's your first acting experience. There is a show in existence. <laughs> My last professional gig before I retired, which was probably fantastic. There is a show <laughs> called The Full Monty. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Listeners, if you're unfamiliar with this oh show. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> if you're unfamiliar with the show, the show revolves directly around a group of men that are relatively unattractive becoming male strippers huh? in order to make money because it was the steel bust of the late 90s, uh, sorry, early yeah. 90s, and it was Buffalo, New York. Nobody could figure out anything, so they decided to um, become strippers. Yeah, uh, so, as one does. As one does. Now, this did not happen opening night, which made it all the worse, because if it happened opening night, we would have <laughs> been okay. Unfortunately, the theater company that I was working for, they thought, you know, Maybe if we ran a ladies' night, it would work uh, a whole lot better. Because okay, because in in the essence of the show, like you know, oh, the, town is, the, the the town has hit hard economic times. So the the way that they get this idea is they see a whole bunch of women streaming into correct. a you know like correct. a Chippendales type event, one night that's only, correct. and yeah, mm -hmm. okay, that's it. So, it. so I, I, you're clearly familiar with the show. Uh huh. So, Love that show. The drink special for ladies' night. Yeah, oh you boy. see where this is going. The drink, oh it's not actually going where you think it's going to go, but I will tell you, I got hands. So at the end of the show, inevitably, the guys come out. They get, they get all their poop in a group. They yep. start with police officer outfits, and they have breakaway everything. And we did have breakaway everything. And, and this is now it makes me very sad because I remember when I was thin. But, like, we had <laughs> breakaway everything, and everything was great, and everything was perfect. And the key thing here, it gets past the sensors, if you will, is yep. by a very specific light cue at the end. When the gentlemen reveal the full Monty, which is everything, there mm -hmm. are blinders set. So the audience only sees silhouette. Yeah. However. Oh, boy. That night, all of us are backstage doing our rituals. Before we have to do the final number, most of us mm -hmm. are actually imbibing quite a bit just to sort of go, okay, this is, all right, we're going to see these people at the grocery store tomorrow. Okay, it's fine, it's fine, we can do this. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, our light board operator was not uh, experienced. 
And so you've got the final number. You've got the final number. And it's hard for me to do this on, but you've got a hat over the uh -huh. crotch. Yep. And you snap, snap, spin, 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 five, six, seven, eight, pull. The pull is supposed to be when the blinders happen. But the problem was, and see, this is where the problem is. <laughs> the problem was, is that he hit the wrong button. Turned on the house lights. <laughs> With the ladies that were quite drunk, right? The house lights came on, ding, ding, not ding. the blinders. No, the house lights. And listeners, if you're not familiar with the house lights, are the house lights are where you can see everything in front of everybody. Yeah, and they turn on the, un, the all the lights in the auditorium. Unflattering, and uh, they did not go off. They did. It seemed like they were on for quite some time. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh-huh. So, so there wasn't a was there a rush to the stage or you know there was not you know, any any <laughs> crowd surfing that might I think happened? that's the horror story is that there was not a rush to the stage. <laughs> um, I think if people have ever gone out dancing uh, and you end up dancing and then they turn the lights on, you have a realization, a moment that's either joyous or uh, disappointing. <laughs> I'm not gonna say what was. But I will tell you that they did keep that air conditioner on pretty high through most of the show. Oh, oh my God. I really thought that this was going to be like a horror story of like, woo, ghosts and spooky stuff, not when did everybody see my penis? Which, <laughs> shit. <laughs> Actually, there was quite a lot of laughter because I think everybody knew what was supposed to happen. So at least, at least I didn't feel bad because we were all laughing together. Oh my God, that's horrible. That's well, that's, at that's, least you did. You know, I mean, you gave them what was advertised. You gave no, them what was advertised. <laughs> wow, those are some wonderful stories, Dustin. Thank you so much for sharing those today. And this will go out to the world now. So hey. if any if anybody is interested, I don't think there's a recording of that. But uh, <laughs> but you can check out photos at, uh, at Thingamajig <laughs> Theater Company in Pagosa Springs, Colorado. Big theater company down there. They do great work now. Now that they do great work, <laughs> now that they don't hire me anymore. And you know, you know that that conversation happened the next day. They they oh, went it to was the not they, a good they conversation. went to the, no. They went to the lighting board, light board operator, and they went, hey. What happened? So, <laughs> uh, 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 okay. Well, press the other button tomorrow. Night, okay. <laughs> Could you just press this button? <laughs> well, Dustin, thank you for that. And ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, we will see you in another episode of Euripides Humanities. Ta ta.